Was that Rick Ross? Ricky Rose. Ricky Rose. Yeah. That's Rick Ross. We're Can't Tell Us Nothing. This is the Can't Tell Us Nothing show, everybody. Can't Tell Us Nothing. An improv group out of Houston, Texas. He's DJ Comfy on the ones and twos. Bass drop air horn. That needs to be a new thing. Bass drop. Bah, 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 bah. Just to know. <laughs> in case they didn't know that the bass drop. Yeah, just in case you know. <laughs> you know. In case you know the bass drop or that you're listening to the Can't Tell Us Nothing show, an mm. improv group out of Houston, Texas, taking opinions, discussions, and topics and turning that into improv scenes right on the spot. That we just make them up. There's going to be characters. It's going to be a plot. The story is going to be amazing. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be a lot of fun. But to fuel and inspire these scenes, we chat. We talk about what's going on. We, if someone has something on their mind, this is the place to get it out. If you're, list, if, you're, if you're watching this live on YouTube or Facebook, leave comments. Say hi. Tell us what's going on in your world. All of that helps, helps keep things uh, uh, lively and fun, in Absolutely. my opinion. John and Michi Tandy, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, I'm good. I like to address you all like that so you answer at the same time. It just <laughs> it makes it real easy to understand. <laughs> so when we were individually answering. It was, it was a problem. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'll, I'll go back to that at some point. You just like changing up. Like I, like I like that, though. I feel like, you know, we're like, we've got our eye on the street. You, you're... You're like checking in, like we're reporters. We we, we can, uh, yeah. That's how I feel. We can do it. That way. You gotta like have I'm the part delay. Tandy. Tandy. Tandy here. <laughs> you would think they would have had better technology. Where's that tech? Yeah. <laughs> we have that now for sure. For sure. There, we not should here. not see that. <laughs> we shouldn't see that again. So. Oh man, I'm telling you, this this pandemic has really shown us who's got great. Um, sound, computers, etc. Like, you know, these really important people from these great think tanks have some real spotty Wi-Fi. <laughs> they have some real spotty all kinds of stuff. It's like, I'm talking to, like, you know, the Senate the, the Senate representative from State of West, and I, when people come, because that's it, everybody knows that. What did they know? And then, you know, they used to stop and kind of like smooth it out. Now they just let you go on. They don't even stop you anymore until they like completely lose you. And then they might stop. But now they'll just let that play out. I'm like, turn that off. See, I, I would, as soon as they start skipping, I would have just hit the button. Boom, like a radio host. Mm -mm. Next caller, next guy. Send somebody. <laughs> Give me another senator. Put a Wi Fi. All that taxpayer money, you can't do nothing with the. Wi-Fi, sir. You know, and I also, if, I don't know if you ever seen those verses, those hip hop verses, but I'm always nervous because like one bad signal on your best song could just destroy your whole versus challenge. So you mean like Ludacris versus Nelly, like those oh, things? Oh my God, Nelly got blown out the water because of his his because. service. <laughs> like his service was so bad, man, and. Teddy Riley the same way. Oh, yeah. You know, people didn't even really get to under enjoy New Jack Swing because of his service, man. 
I bet you uh, Xfinity, AT&T, all the people getting letters from people they never got before. They probably like superstar letters. Oh, oh, we got a letter. We got a letter from Gucci Mane, man. <laughs> Turn that up. Yeah. Tighten up your service. Tighten no service up, man. This is from <laughs> Gucci Mane. <laughs> They're so excited. <laughs> like auctioning those letters off. Who wants the complaint letter from? <laughs> Frame it up. Who, who do you yeah. think would have the funniest... Um, the funniest complaint letter about their service, like if they're, yeah. Mm. Who, 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 who would you want to see, like out of everybody? Who do you think would have the most interesting one that comes to mind? And I know this is a think question. Ooh. Yeah, my mind immediately goes to some of the uh, artists. So I'm curious if they can even write. Uh. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, no, this is probably not the most entertaining. It's probably <laughs> the most confusing. Like, um, oh man, who's the dude who who made Panda? Panda. Uh, what was uh, his name? Uh, designer. Designer. Yeah. Like if <laughs> if he wrote a letter, I have no idea. I don't know what would what it would look like. Is that because you haven't heard him speak, or you just don't think he can write? Like, are you judging? <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah? Is that an indictment on his bars? Like what's going on? <laughs> I can barely understand his bars. I can barely understand the little I've heard him say. And he just has a look like someone who has who would not know how to write a letter to an internet company. Designer, if you're listening, feel free to come on, prove me wrong. Write a letter around the show. I will eat that crow. Yeah. yeah like open up, I would like to see one from somebody like super powerful. Mm -hmm. Like Jeff Bezos or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He can make his own internet company. <laughs> uh, he, uh, recent news, he stepped down as CEO for yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Moving into a different role. He just he just won. He's just moving on to another game. That's it. Yeah. You know, you don't hear too many, like, people transition out, especially today, like, on their own terms. So either one, he's about to do like Lil Wayne, and maybe there's something we don't know that was going to force him to leave, or maybe he was just like, "I'm done," you know, like I'm, I was going to be the richest man for a while. <laughs> uh, you know, what do you do when you're the richest man? You know, you quit your job, I guess. There he is. You know, well, he doesn't. Well, he he's transitioned his job. He's the chairman now, but you know. More power to him. 30 years. It's time for somebody else. Um, what's up, Nick Wedlow? Nick Wedlow in the comments. I used to play yeah. football with Nick, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right on. What's up, Nick? Thanks Thank for tuning you, in. Thank you, Nick. Lots of attention on Nick. Yeah, man. Nick is uh Nick was my dude, man. And he had he actually had bars. I don't know if you remember Nick. I used to Nick used to freestyle. There was a couple guys on the team that were freestyle. And he was from Georgia, and you know, a lot of the Georgia guys would defend their bars against the northern guys, and Nick was one of them cats that would spit a couple of rhymes. Mm. But he fought, he fought for the South. <laughs> Is that what you say? Yeah, he fought for the South <laughs> in the Civil Rap War. The Civil Rap War. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, the first Civil Rap War is East and West Coast. For sure. Sure. East versus West. Yeah. Thanks for chill for tapping in, Nick, man. Yeah. Always got love for you, man. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says good times. Yeah. But uh, on the, um, the Bezos thing, I think what's interesting is a lot of times people's common folk, like, I don't know if like us, I'll say like us, uh, will often say, oh, man, if I had that much money, retire, vacation for the rest of my life, travel, right? But a lot of the wealthy people out there still work. Like, they just keep working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you don't get to be wealthy probably by being lazy or looking forward to vacations. Like, oh man, Woo, I can't wait to get out of this. They're, you know, maybe they're <laughs> they're constantly like just coming up with new ideas, new things, challenging themselves. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. The type of person yeah. who gets to that level isn't looking to coast. <laughs> they just no. they're looking no. to keep the train going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Those are different people. Well, I would say this. They make a lot of different choices. That's what I'll say. Those people are prone to making choices along with, like, um, conscientious choices, you know. Um, but, yeah, power to them, man. Uh, to me, if I was – I'm looking for – I want to see the first black Jeff Bezos type, you know, bl- black dude that got more money than everybody – and he decides to like step down or he decides to keep going. Like, I want to see that. We've seen a lot of rich, you know, other people in the world mm. and it's the same old story. They just, you know, stay rich, pass the money down to everybody else, you know, but. but you don't think there's something that like they wanted to do that they never got a chance to do. Like, do you really think that they fulfill all of their wishes? Like, you, you don't think there's some class Jeff Bezos wants to take? That he never took. I'm sure he does. I'm sure. I'm sure. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he. Um, he knows a lot of stuff. He doesn't look like. <laughs> he, has, he looks like he knows exactly what he wanted to know. But you know, like if you look at it, the way he changed, he clearly now knows a lot more about fashion than he did ten years ago. You know? Because he wears the. The what's it? The Patagonia thing. Yes. <laughs> the bubble vest. The bubble um, vest. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tandy, I hear you. Maybe, <laughs> I like to think that maybe he, because of his status, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. cannot now, like, for example, take a community college class, right? Like, it's not that he wants to learn a specific thing. It's that he wants the community college class experience. And it experience. would not make He could not have it because he's Jeff Bezos. He couldn't just be <laughs> in the class. It, depend, it depends on where he goes because he could sit next to me and I, I'd be like, maybe. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh my, like as soon as he walked in the room, I wouldn't know. But that's me. But I mean, I know there are a lot of people who who recognize him. But the, there's probably a, a place he could go where the people just don't, they don't know. And he could probably get by a few weeks and then he'd get tired and let somebody know he's Jeff Bezos. Yeah, if he went to, uh, to the, the other parts of town that he doesn't frequent. There you go. You know, like, like if he came on the, like where I'm from, where I grew up, if he came on the west side of Dayton, Mm-hmm. Well, I take it back. Dayton people would pe- they would point him out and know who he is, but you know, there's some places I've been in Houston where he could be walking down the street with mm-hmm. his security team and they wouldn't even know who or what, you know, to think about that, you know. So mm-hmm. um and Nick says money can't buy happiness, man. I agree. I agree, man. Very mm-hmm. true. And why, why not? I know. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's, it's purchasable. Happiness, though, you can you can buy pleasure. 
you can buy you, your desires, but happiness is like a choice. You know what I mean? It's like you you could choose to be happy and then go buy some, you know, spend some money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But I, I I can't say like you could be happy. You know, temporary happiness. Yeah, I would say pleasure. I would say pleasure. Mm -hmm. Pleasure doesn't have last forever, you know. But maybe, maybe he's stepping down so that he can commodify happiness. So so he can like <laughs> figure out how to package it, how to whatever to it, and then sell it. And it can be true happiness. Maybe that's his next challenge. Cause you know, he's got all the money in the world. So I don't know. Is he is he happy? I, I haven't heard him in any interviews talk about his I haven't heard him in any interviews. I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> I'll be done. I don't even have to say. I've never heard an interview. I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> I'd say this: he sounds exactly like you would think when you look at him. Like when you hear his voice, you're like, "Yeah, that's nothing surprising there." I'm gonna tell you what I think when I look. I think Harry Shearer. I can hear his voice sounding like you know Harry, Harry Shearer from mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Simpsons. Uh, uh, this is Spinal Tap. Um, Oh gosh! Oh, I, I who know does he play on The Simpsons? Huh? Who does oh, he play on? Oh gosh, who does he voice? Mr. He Burns. Voices, does he voice Mr. Burns? Mm -hmm. It's terrible. One of them. I'll find out. No, I'll Mr. keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. But before you do, we cut yeah. to we cut to a, a a conference room. All right, I called you three in here because we are. Investing, investigating, learning more from some of the individual contributors at Amazon. Mm. Um, you see, Jeff has, uh, or Mr. Bezos to you, has decided to go for a new moonshot, if you will. He's looking to commodify happiness. Now, a man as rich as he is actually finds happiness fleeting. And so we've been doing some surveys, we've been asking around, and you three have been voted the happiest people at Amazon. And so I just need to know, what is it? What are you doing that makes you so happy and how can we use it to make money off the rest of the world? So I'll just go around to you, I'll go to you, Amici, first. Just tell me what's, what's your secret. I'll be taking notes, asking a few follow-up questions. Okay, uh, what makes me happy? Um, I have a Dr. Pepper for lunch every day. And that is just the highlight of my day. Um, it puts a smile on my face, makes my heart feel warm. Um, you know, and I'm just feeling real good until, you know, until, next, until the next next day at lunch. Do you eat anything else for lunch? No, just Dr. Pepper. That's it. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too happy and excited, you know? Sorry, I can't eat anything else. What, what happens if you forget Dr. Pepper or they're out in the machine. Oh, then, uh, you know, I get really, really upset, really angry. And, you know, you, you don't want it to happen. So make sure there's all Dr. Pepper uh, in this building. Okay. It's a little threatening. Take a note of that, Dr. Pepper carbonated beverages. Um, how about to you, John? Oh, I, I thought you were going to go to Tandy. Um, well, what makes me happy is even though I hate this job, I get to ride the bus every day and see how beautiful the people are on the street who aren't working. 
And a little piece of me just, I take that little piece of me when I go into the building and I imagine myself on the streets, happy dancing, drinking coffee, maybe playing with my kids. You know, I just, I just tuck it up right here and it allows me to stay very pleasant at the work. Do you, do you ever actually play with your kids and enjoy that coffee that you imagine? Oh, no. When I get home and like, 12 a.m. The kids have been asleep for about, you know, six hours and coffee is cold that my wife bought me. And, you know, no one's on the street around that time and got mugged one time trying to do it at night. So I just dream about it. You guys are the happiest people at Amazon. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this, is, this is the greatest company in the world, man. I'm going down in history. I'm going to have this carved on my grave. You know what? I'm, re I'm realizing something. I don't have your profiles here. I'm, I don't have your profiles. What, what is it you do at Amazon? Uh, I work in um, uh, customer engagement. I make sure the cu customers are happy. It's, a, it's an important job. It's an important job. Thank you for yeah. that. Uh, uh, Tandy, sorry. Go ahead. What do you do that makes you so happy? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, I, uh, uh, on my profile, like, I guess you didn't, you didn't know that I work in, I work in shipping. So, um, part of my responsibility is, um, attaching the, the Amazon tape to the bottom of the package. And, um, uh, just to make sure that the box stays sealed when I, I'm, I'm mainly in boxes, not those, those flimsy paper, the plastic things. Oh, those are terrible. Everything should be mailed in a box. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. I, uh, I think uh, so. what makes me so happy is, um, since it is my responsibility to apply that tape, uh, I, uh, I like to lick, um, uh, lick the tape uh, before I attach it to a box. And uh, that way I know that everybody who uh, gets a package has, uh, has handled my DNA. It's kind of a way to spread myself all over uh, the United States and the world, really, uh, since we shipped to so many other places. But yeah, Tandy, just- Tandy, there's, there's a pandemic going on. You cannot lick packages as they go out into the world. This is a health code violation or something. Oh no, come on now. I mean, we're all handling those packages and uh, fulfilling everything. You know, what's one lick? I mean, it was a little difficult when I was out. I mean, I'm sorry, I was sick and I still came in because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to mm -hmm. not lick that yeah. package. And yeah, my saliva was a, it was a bit, you know, it was a bit dry. Uh, I had a lot of coughing, had a fever, but you know, it didn't matter. I was dedicated to, to licking that package. And, and that just makes me happy just knowing that a little bit of my, my DNA is on that tape and when people, could open that box, you know, it's like, ah. Oh. And <laughs> scene. <laughs> it's like, ah. Oh. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon, do anybody's Amazon drivers, uh, shout out to you if you're an Amazon driver watching the show, but um, I can specifically remember within the last five years not seeing an Amazon truck in my neighborhood. And today, like now, they're about at least five or six a day. And they're moving quickly through the neighborhood. Um, my Amazon drivers be, 
you know, they'd be bumping too. Like you could hear them playing like the ice cream truck, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just hip hop music <laughs> flying through the neighborhood, man. And, you know, I, I sometimes get kind of nervous because you know, I got two young kids and stuff, but man, when they pull up and they open the door and the music be blasting, uh, uh, uh. And, they, and they come up, <laughs> sit the package down. I'd be like, all right, I like that. <laughs> I like that. You don't know, see the UPS guys doing that. And I'd be feeling sorry for them. They'd be, you know, they'd be gotten to have to wear their headphones. But, you know, it's like a trigger now. When I hear that music, I know it's Amazon, man. <laughs> Just saying. I, I was so bad when I see them running with a box. Like to deliver to make the deliveries, I'm like why? Why are they gonna go so fast? You know they gonna make what other jobs are out their way? <laughs> you have to run. <laughs> you drive and you run. Um, they have to run a box up to the door. Yeah, yeah so they gotta make um, so many deliveries yeah. sometimes. So, oh, so they, they they do some running. Yeah, they park the car, they get out, and I see the guy running like he's breaking tackles, handing boxes, <laughs> tossing them. You know, and, they're, and at least the guys in our neighborhood are pretty gentle with them. Like, I, I've seen some horrible videos where people are, like, just chucking them, like, <laughs> kicking them and running back to the truck. <laughs> no time. Yeah. But, man, it's crazy. Wow. Maybe that's what the music is for. You got to stay jazzed up. You got to, like, it's <laughs> like a game, like you're playing a sport. It's like, you know, you park and you got to run. So you got to have your game music. Keep the blood pumping. Amazon, the Amazon game would be a fun game. Like it was a video game where like the reverse Pac-Man, you have to get as many packages as you can. And then your teammate had to get them to the places as quick as possible for the other guy to get some. There was a game a long time ago called Paperboy. Mm -hmm. Paperboy, Paperboy. Uh, It's basically that. Like (laughs) you're riding the bike, throwing newspapers at houses, but there's like all this crazy stuff in the street you got to avoid. Like, you know, uh, hydrants that are loose and dogs and like a clown or something. It's, so yeah, that's essentially, it'd be an updated version of that game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like, if you miss, you, you ship the wrong package, you lose like a life or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I would definitely play that game, man. They should do like a Grand Theft Auto version. (laughs) That band is on. Mm hmm. Speaking of Grand Theft Auto, actually, I I want to touch on all the stuff going on with the GameStop stock. Mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. For those who don't know, GameStop is a, for all intents and purposes, a failing company. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Wall Street was betting on that. They were putting a lot of money into this company, stock failing, dropping, losing a lot of money they would make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people on Reddit decided to stick it to Wall Street. They all teamed up together and said, hey, guys, let's all buy GameStop stock and drive the price up. And they did. And it went from like 20 bucks to like $400. Mm-hmm. It causes Wall Street people to lose like billions of dollars. A lot of people on Reddit made a lot of money themselves. Mm-hmm. And Wall Street got pissed. They got mm-hmm. mad about it. Yep. And now people are trying to figure out what they what to do about it. SEC is looking into it. Um, some of the applications that they use were making changes to how these stocks are being handled, and people are getting pissed about that. It's it's all very interesting. Have you guys paid any attention to this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Anybody invested in GameStop? No, but funny thing is, about two weeks ago, the HEB that I go to is next to GameStop, and I, I I'm an, I'm an investor, stock market investor. Excuse me, and I'm looking to buy a PS5, and I my wife goes, well, why don't you go to GameStop? And basically, GameStop is like blockbuster for video games. It's eventually going to be one store somewhere in the country, but that'll be it. <laughs> and I remember seeing like three people outside of the door waiting to get in, but it was like two o'clock during the day. I mean, it was like, why the heck would GameStop be closed or is it part time or something? And I, and I looked at the stock and the stock was trading for like dirt low. And I and I remember looking at this going, oh, my goodness, like they're still around. And only for two weeks later to see that like just spike. And of course, for me, like, yeah, that was a chance I could have made money. But on the flip side, I think the pot gets a little thicker with GameStop um, because GameStop, there was a specific hedge fund that was hurt the most. And that hedge fund from some of the research or legend that I've heard uh, on the internets uh, was Michael Jordan was actually going to be in partnership with that specific hedge fund. He was looking to buy the box. I mean, sell the Hornets. And because that hedge fund lost so much money, that Bobcats deal also went down the drain because they didn't have any money to mm. buy. So Michael Jordan actually got affected by the game stocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, but um, to answer your question about like, what's oh man, yes, I'll own a basketball team a bit longer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the worst thing that happened, right? To billionaires, you can't get rid of something you don't want to get rid of. But um, nonetheless, man, I don't know what to do because I don't like the idea of the billionaires being able to impact the common man's access to trading stock. And truth to be told. Those hedge fund people have manipulated stock price before, you know, um, I mean, imagine if you let's talk about let's say like if Floyd, if if GameStop was Conor McGregor in the Floyd Mayweather fight, everybody who had any kind of money was probably betting against Conor McGregor losing that fight. But imagine if Floyd Mayweather was, you know, somehow outside the fight, ran into some Reddit guys and the Reddit guys was like, look, <laughs> We'll pay you 10 times more if you throw the fight just to piss off those other rich people that really, really, really don't like you. Uh, what would you do? And Conor McGregor actually pulling that fight off. That's that's how I look at the GameStop situation. Yeah. Um, it's funny to hear rich people lose a lot of money if you don't have a lot of money. But, you know, I don't think I think it's going to take some years for them to really figure that out, man, because what if they do that to like. I don't know. What if they relive Blockbuster, you know, or or not Blockbuster is publicly traded, but what if there's like a company that everyone really hates and they decide to just make that a big company now, you know, like mm. anybody can do that. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. And that's why they're freaking out. Um, to me, it makes me think of, oddly enough, it makes me think of that story of Martin Luther translating the Bible in a weird way because stocks used to be like a rich man's game. Like you needed thousands of dollars just to get in the door. And now with apps or with applications like Robinhood and Acorn and all that, you and I can do it for like a hundred dollars or fifty dollars. Or, or even fractional shares. You can buy and fractions of shares. You need to buy a whole dollars. share. 
Mm-hmm. So, so now that we can buy stocks, all of a sudden there's a lot more of us than there are of them, yep. right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you About- can. You can drive up a blockbuster or whatever. I think and it makes it democratic, though. It it now turns it stock market into a true democratic, um, like infrastructure. Whereas, like you said, like if the one percent, I'm tired of hearing the one percent own eighty percent of the wealth in the world, man. <laughs> like, like <laughs> they're not tired of hearing that. They're not tired of that at all. But, <laughs> but shit, if I know, like I told you, I met this guy at Whole, at, at Whole Foods, who, um, um. Yeah, it shows how little stock market actually reflects the economy. Connor Woods, exactly, man. It's it's crazy. It doesn't reflect it. It it doesn't show the real picture, and the stock market, like this year, the economy is just terrible because we're going through a like a new change. We're going through the like a complete gut out of how we used to do business and transactions and going into towards Star Trek land. And that means that, like with all change, people are going to lose jobs, companies are going to fail, and that's horrible to see, man. But in the midst of all that, the richest people in the world who've already got their stuff out, like the Jeff Bezos, right? Because he also has a venture capitalist fund. He's also invested in Twitter and all those other companies outside of working at Amazon. Um, He has billions of dollars of assets in other places. You know, he can go in on a discount and buy a lot of these companies cheap, like JCPenney that was getting ready to go out of business. You know, he can go in and go, uh, I'll buy your JCPenney warehouses for like five cents on a dollar because I need new Amazon distribution. And now he buys that and then he becomes even more wealthy because <laughs> an everyday Joe like me and you can't just go up and even get that deal. Like you said, Anton, without a couple hundred to even a million, couple million dollars to even put up to do it. But a guy like that could just keep playing Monopoly. Keep playing Monopoly. Monopoly, man. (laughs) So it's crazy. More of the story. Get in the game. Everybody go buy stock. That's how we solve the problem. Yes. If you ever learn one thing about this is you can make a shit ton of money in the stock market. Probably more than you can not putting it in the stock market. I agree with that. <laughs> more, more money has been made. More money in the history of America has been made in the stock market than any other place. And now everyday people can get in. And just to, to Connor's point about the stock market not reflecting, I, I view the stock market as a series of emotions. It's like how people feel about <laughs> things. It's just like... This is how people feel about GameStop right now. It's not indicative of how good the business model is of GameStop. It's how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. That's why when you know Bezos steps down, Amazon stock might take a hit because people are like, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I, I like, like that, that guy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it goes, Burp. "Yep." It has nothing to do with the fact they're going to make a hundred billion dollars this quarter. And most people, like Socrates, democracy quote. Most people don't take the time to even look into a company that they're shopping with. Like, how do they make money? How does this price become this? They'll just go, oh, man, I saw Elon Musk take a picture of Kanye West. I'm going to go buy Tesla today. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how it is, man. (laughs) Um, Which somebody should start a company called Happy. 
and try to get it pub like try to blow it up to make it an IPO so that you could publicly trade, you know, happy stock. But <laughs> it would have to be a company and you would have to put it labeled as happy on the tickers. <laughs> Contessa said she'd put money into Tandy's vision board business. She didn't say she would. She said she put it. I don't. Oh, she put money. I didn't get it, Contessa. I, I heard <laughs> I heard hopes and dreams, and I heard a request, but I didn't see that core cash. Tandy, you better. You might want to check out there to see if someone started the business already. You Contessa could have could have invested in somebody else's business, but it's your idea. You're right. Sorry about that. Sorry, Contessa. <laughs> It's called Tandy's Vision Balls, but it's run by somebody else. Hey, Jeff Bezos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caused this whole pandemic thing. Just one, one vision board. You yeah, know? You, you, you caused Jeff Bezos to step down. <laughs> all of that. You know. Man. Um, I, was, uh, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, all of this stocks and all of this, you know, your virtual money. I always laugh at um, was it? I can't remember if it was uh, it was somebody at the beauty barber shop, and I remember somebody asking, "Do you take Cash App, your Venmo?" They were like, mm, "I don't do that virtual money." Mm. In Cash, I was like, "Virtual money, virtual money." That? Yeah, you want that? My long my long guy was the same way. Like, like yeah. it'd be easier if I just paid you over Venmo. It was like, mm, I don't, you know, <laughs> you say it, send it to me. I don't receive it. Who knows where it went? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just poof in the dust. You know, I'm like it's way quicker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -uh. It can actually so much so quick that if you accept it, it goes straight into your bank account. <laughs> you don't even have to go to the bank. That's a whole three steps that I've just removed. Gas money. You lose money when I give you cash. Mm -hmm. You literally <laughs> lose money. <laughs> I lose money too because I got I got to go to an ATM and pull that out and pay a fee. Yeah. <laughs> But you could just download it in five minutes. Save, get these COVID dollars, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, that you do lose money dealing with cash. If you don't keep it on you, that costs you. I, yeah. I try not to use ATMs that charge. A, I mean, you know, I try to use the ones that are connected to my bank. Like I'll spend, I'm working on this. Sometimes I, I recognize I'll spend like, five dollars in gas to save three in the fees right and then i and then i'll just pretend i'm like well i just wanted to drive down here i just wanted to <laughs> go to that store over there i'll make it worth my while so then i stack up all this other stuff that cost me money i probably would not have spent if i'd have just you know gone and, and uh paid that that fee to get it get the money closer um to me uh or just pay by Venmo or some other method. But that's a, you know, I'm I'm not the youngest person at work. And it is so unfortunate that I'm the only one that has all the payment methods, all the virtual payment methods. Because um, they're like, well, can, how can we get the money to you? Oh, you can send it, to, you know, Venmo. And they're like, wow, you have all that? So I'd like to thank you young people for... <laughs> for, for keeping me in the loop. And keeping me connected to stuff because, you know, so many people don't do any of that at all. Yeah. At and, all. That, that's, and that sucks, too, because 
things are moving so fast, man. Even small businesses are going digital with Square. And and I remember reading something a year ago and San Francisco was actually fighting lawsuits because San Francisco was too digital. They didn't have any, they didn't have enough cash taking businesses to support the homeless community who don't have cell phones, computers, who are getting cash and are getting... And I remember um, even there's some signs in Houston that would say, you know, don't give the homeless cash, give them, donate to this app or something. But it, it goes to say like, you know, there's a there's a big wave that just hit in the technology wave. And we don't know how many more waves are gonna come, but for the elders or the people who are just very slow to change in adoption, you know, they actually lose big parts of you know, engaging with, you know, a lot of businesses, uh, a lot of people, um, you know, you, you're less likely to get money sent to you. You know, you can, you can send some, some people, like when my wife was going through her, her, um, her treatments, people could send us, you know, Venmo cash app or whatever, not even come FaceTime us, you know, is it like being in person? It's not 100%, but it's way better than saying, man, I would come over there and give you some money, but, you know, I can't get over there and mm. I don't want to exchange the cash because you might get sick. Well, there's a solution for that. Yeah. You no. Know? So you're basically saying you like living on an island. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm not going to go on a rant about the kids with the football helmets on the median. I'm not going to do it. Do it. <laughs> but it drives me crazy. You know the what I mean? Kids with the football helmets on the media. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're asking for donations for the asking team. Asking for donations for the team mm-hmm. on the median mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. Bunch of kids, not even wearing football uniforms half the time. They just got helmets walking around. Are you are you are you reluctant because you don't trust them, or you think there's it's just not the most efficient way to get money? I, this is the second one. I don't want to support this inefficient. I, what is the lesson? What is the lesson being taught right now? Are, have you stopped and actually showed them a better way, or do you just frown and judge? <laughs> I don't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are, <laughs> I mean, it's it. it nah, I mean, come on, you're right. I, I, <laughs> hey, I thought about it. You know, like you get out, you talk to the adult, one of the two adults that are sitting in a chair across the street. And he said, hey, man, isn't there a better way? Can't you do like a GoFundMe or something? You know, make this digital, put a sign up, like with a Venmo thing, instead of having kids walk up to random car windows. <clears throat> but I'm not going to rant about it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so you don't have to. We cut to uh, Antoine approaching <laughs> uh, a coach sitting in a, in a lounge chair. Excuse me, uh, sir. Yeah. What's going? What happened? Hey, what happened? He took some money out your car. No, 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 no. He's fine. He's fine. The kids are fine. I want to talk to you actually about this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I've 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 seen you guys here every day this week. Yep. With the football helmets and the kids running up to the cars at the red light. And Mm -hmm. I, I, we're it's the year twenty twenty one, sir. Like, what are you doing? There's a better way. Why don't you just have these kids go digital? What? What? I've been having these kids out on this corner for the past 25 years. And you don't know who we are? 
Man, we the South Side Colts. Everything we get comes from the street. The money that we collect, we don't even buy equipment, man. We stand out here, and after we get the money, we ask people for equipment. You got any old footballs, any cleats? Got my boys lined up. People bring cleats out here. They try them on in the media. It's really fishing. What, what do you think you can do that's better than this? Well, for, for, do these kids even play football? Sometimes. Hey, coach, coach. Yeah, what's going on, boy? Somebody just gave me a face mask and some pocket change. We almost got a helmet. Almost we almost got, got a helmet. helmet. Listen, I look. I, hold on. Look, hey, uh, Carlton. This this man here thinks we should go digital. He thinks it's a better way to do things. Tell him. Tell him how you got your whole uniform last year, and and money for the for the snacks that we sell. Tell him. Well, sir, um, I came out here with my little brother. We stood out here at six a.m. in the morning. And before, as people before, yep. And as people were coming straight out of the breakfast shop right over across the street, mm -hmm. I knew they was paying for breakfast with cash because that's a cash only business right there. So, you know, um, I just asked them if they could support the football league. And every day we, we raised at least 50 to 75 dollars. You know, today I got a face mask, it's worth 15 dollars right here. 50 to 75 dollars for a full day of work. Kid, you're that's just me. I'm talking, I'm, I'm my younger brother, he's way younger than I am, so he get about 200, 250. You know, the younger the younger kids get more money, but you know, I, I, I started off young, I'm, I'm just now coaching the younger uh athletes behind me. But you are coaching the younger kids on yeah. how to approach, right? I'm like homelessness training. It smells like you're teaching these kids how to continue to ask for money for the rest of their life from strangers. No, coach is teaching us how to raise money. Like, we want to be entrepreneurs one day. I need to learn how to get out in the street and raise my own capital. That's okay? right. That's right. You know the lesson here? The lesson is a closed mouth don't get fed. All right? Nope. Just sit back there and like, oh, let's think about ways we can raise money. And boy, I wish we would. But if we get out there and we ask, that's the solution, sir. And sometimes if the cars don't really want to give us any money, so they, they try to pull off real fast, and that's when we get our exercise in. We try to chase them down. Don't sometimes we, sometimes we catch them. Sometimes I got them. They can do, the, do a 400 in two seconds. Mm -hmm. cars. You do 400 yards in two, two in seconds? Two seconds. Two seconds. Because he had his... He had the helmet, and then his arm was there. If he wanted his arm, he was going to run. <laughs> Look, what you're doing is incredibly dangerous. <laughs> Children are in the street with, with vehicles, breathing in exhaust. There's a pandemic going on. Why don't... All this time you done spent, you could have just made a donation and moved on. Neither yeah, man. any better. Plus... You think these are the only kids I got these four you had, the four you see out here now? I got a whole rotation, sir. I got about 500 kids that I put out in different and they rotate throughout the city. We are the Southside Colts. We, co we cut to a, uh, a management meeting of the Southside Colts. <laughs> All right. Uh, we bring in the meeting today to talk about today's earnings. 
um, on <laughs> Scott and Six Ten, um, all the way down to. <laughs> All the way down to Missouri City. We have Missouri City right. that's joined today. Right. Um, let's go around the table and talk about anything that you learned and uh, any lessons learned. Uh, Missouri City, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Okay, okay. Today, you know, uh, it was a big day today. Uh, got in there, both rush hours right on time. Squeezed out about 15000 today. That's that's amazing. Write it down. Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen today, sir. From Missouri City, Southside, and seen. Connor Wood said the Southside coats are a pyramid scheme. They should be. <laughs> that's the I real. Mean, the recruiting <laughs> smaller that's and smaller. The, that's the real pyramid, man. Because kids can get you paid, boy. That's terrible, and people use that because they yeah. always feel you're gonna feel bad telling a kid no. Mm -hmm. Mama, yeah. practice. I don't feel bad. No, you can't feel bad because I, bad. I don't know if y'all seen this South Park episode. This actually happened to me in DC. Like I have to have discretion, and I try not to use it too much, but I still feel icky when I see a homeless person. I try to use discretion whether I give or not. But one time I was in DC in high school, and never forget this. And the tour guide told us, they said, listen, whatever you do, don't give any money to the homeless people. You know, and I'm black, Dayton, Ohio. I've seen a lot of people not in a good situation. So that didn't sit right with me. So I said, man, I don't care what you're saying. I'm going to give this homeless dude some money. He looks really bad. And I gave him some money, me and my uh, partner. And that homeless dude followed us literally the next four hours, every place we went and asked us every time he got a chance for more money. And I was so angry. <laughs> like, I was so angry. Like, what the, the nerve of this guy. <laughs> well, you want me to be homeless? Still get away from me, you know? And I was so angry. And, I, you know, I still didn't admit that, I, that the you know, lady was right. But I remember going, yo, this guy has some. I mean, he's either in straight. It wasn't even survival mode. Like, he was just had balls. Like, he could smell. This kid, I could probably shake him and this partner down, man. Like he don't, he don't know. He don't ain't around here. So ever since then, man, I gotta use discretion um, when I'm dealing with people. But I try to give if I have it. Even if I know I'm getting played, I'm like, play football. All right, man. Listen, God bless you, man. Whatever you do with that, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yeah. you know. <laughs> But I know I know people like I I knew a guy. Uh what's up, Brian? Right. Brian Cruz in the house. Um, I don't know if uh Nick Wetlow is still on, but uh one of the receivers, we nicknamed Carding Booters. Um I gonna say his real name unless he show up in the group. But uh <laughs> he used to tell me, he used to say like uh he was from Indiana, and Indiana's way different, obviously, in how they deal with their people. And he told me he wouldn't give a homeless person money unless they gave him a service. Like they had to like he would he would say, OK, I'll give you thirty dollars or forty dollars instead of just two. But can you vacuum my car? Or can you do X, Y, Z? And at first I was offended by it. I was like, why would you make the guy do that? But 
again, you know, everybody has their way of like justifying their gifts or their whatever. So at the end of the day, the guy was exchanging, you know, I felt like it, he was teaching me, like he's giving them an exchange, giving them dignity. You're working. I'm paying you for the service rather than having an awkward like, oh, I have something you don't. Let me gift you and feel righteous about myself. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would I would only want them to perform a service that they're offering. I wouldn't want to have like a list of of stuff like, oh, you need some money? Hold on a second. Yeah, I need, uh, I need somebody to to uh, you know come and, um, do a little landscaping for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> if, if the offer is I'll shine your let me shine your uh, your car door handle, and I'm like, that's kind of weird. But I mean, you know, these doing something it may. We, we cut to a street light, uh, Tandy in the car, and some homeless people in the corner. Hey. Oh, excuse oh. me. Excuse me. Oh, hey. Oh, yes, uh-huh. Yeah. rolling the window down. I'm not going to do anything, I promise. I'll put it down a little bit. Yeah. How, yes, how can I help you? Hey, ma'am, listen, me and my brothers, you know, we we don't have any place to go tonight. Um, and I noticed you had this incredibly large dent on the side of your door. I was wondering if me and my brothers help you get that dent out, if you could give us some money and maybe a place to stay tonight. Um, I'm at a stoplight. Uh, I don't think you're going to have enough time to do that. So it's a big Oh, you know, we could, we could do it really, really quick, right? Yeah, oh, my God. Only take a second. Um, I, 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 I may be able to give you some money. I don't know about a, a place to stay, though. I, I, can, I can probably help out with that. I mean, well, well it, uh, it looks like you need some gas, too. So if you don't make this stoplight, you can't get to that gas station. You might need a push. We can push the car as well if you can let us stay at your crib tonight. Uh, well, I guess we'll push you all the way home. Push you home. You don't even got to get any gas oh, if you don't want. Hey, that's kind of a savings. I get the dent knocked out, and I can. It's a good I mean, deal. I'm it's a good deal. I'm it's a good about, deal. It's a it's a great deal. I'm all about. By the time you all find a better deal, we promise. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was shopping for this, but you're right. Sounds good. Uh, while supplies last, ma'am. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna take the deal. I don't want to hold up anymore. Um, go ahead. Guy takes a plunger, <laughs> pops the dent out with the <laughs> <this> dirty plunger. We're gonna push it off. Yeah, just put the car in neutral. Put, put it in neutral, ma'am. Got it in neutral. We're gonna be getting up to about 30 miles per hour. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, let's stay on the streets though. Oh, any problems on the highway? Don't hit the brake, ma'am. Don't put your do hand not, on the Whatever you do, do not hit the brake, ma'am. Uh, wow, you guys are you guys are pretty strong. Um, is this something that you do often, or am I your first customer? What's your What's your business model? What's going on here? Sorry, we push the car. Huh? We push. We tell you we stop. Oh, you get there. Okay. Tell you what, well, let's let's alternate out. We'll alternate pushing, right? So one of us will hop in the passenger seat and we'll answer her questions, and okay. then we'll get out and push. All right, I'll go, go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so, yeah, oh. man, we've we've been you know on the street corner for a, a couple of months, and uh, yeah, we we've decided to accumulate our skills. Oh, I gotta go. Oh wait. Okay. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh huh. You have another question? Uh, uh, uh well, um. Are you all, uh, you're all brothers, I think I heard. Uh, where, where are you guys from? Uh, we're, we're from here. I mean. Okay. Yeah, we're from a town. Uh, my town? That's kind of weird. You don't know the name of the, are you guys just passing through here? You're really not local? Um, 
Yeah, we're trying to, um, we're taking a cross country trip. We're financing it ourselves by setting our services as we cross the country. Yeah. Okay, but apparently, uh, okay. Okay, gotta go. I think, yeah, I think I'm getting a pretty good deal. I'm just gonna get you a place to stay. I got the dent pulled out and I'm getting a roll home for free. And mm-hmm. all I had to do is uh, make sure you guys have a place to stay. That I thought that was a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a place to stay and maybe a little cash tip for the guys, you know, so we can oh. get something to, something to eat. You got any cash? We only take cash. Oh, gosh, no. I, you guys don't have like a, a, a Venmo or a cash app or anything like that? Uh, no, we traded our phones in for, you know, money to get across country. Oh, got to go. Oh. All right. Hey, well, listen, if uh, if uh, you need yep. cash. Yeah, I'm here. If you need cash, you're gonna have to push me to the ATM. It's a little bit past my house. I don't have any. I don't have any cash on me. Are you guys okay with doing that? Of course, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> we cut to later on. She she went to the ATM, uh, got cash out. Uh, they went to her house, um, and then they started noticing things around the house. Uh, ma'am, uh, noticed that your uh, stove was uneven. Uh-huh. You ever have your your cooking oil? Sitting to one side of the pan we're cooking, it's because your stove is uneven. Oh, I can wow. fix that for you. Oh, that's okay. All right, sounds great. Just All throw right. a little cash my way and get something to eat. Oh, oh, okay. All right, I got a little, got a little more cash out than than you know what you guys were asking for. So there you go. I, All right, great. Sounds good. Your bed is a little, your bed is a little crooked. You ever oh. noticed that when you're lying in bed, you roll to one side? Ah, uh, yeah, I was noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can take care of that for you if you, if you like. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, Give us a little bit more cash. <laughs> okay, I happen to have a little bit more cash. Sure, thanks. Mm. Right. Oh, man. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just got off the top of the roof there, man. You, know, you had a crack up there? It was a huge crack, and you're, you're like one big storm away from having the whole thing come in and water everywhere. Cost a whole lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of money, you know. But I, I, I went ahead and patched it up there, and you could just throw a little extra cash my way, and um, yeah. we call it square. Okay, hey, listen, um, ma'am, have you ever noticed that your house is tilting just a little bit? I think your foundation is a little bit off. I can, I can <laughs> pump up that house if you, uh, you yeah. throw a little cash my. <laughs> And scenes. <laughs> Never let them in your house. <laughs> That's exactly how it was, man. It was exactly how. <laughs> uh, by the way, I gotta see those guys. If we could see those guys ever, I, I, man. Which man on the corner? I, I have a. I, I have like a. Like I feel like those guys would also be movers. Oh, like they would be moving people from house to house and trying to stay oh, yeah. in the house as they get the new gig. <laughs> Just hustle day to day. <laughs> yeah, I was pushing another car down the street and I saw a for sale sign in a neighborhood that's appreciating. You may want to consider <laughs> buying a new house. I can set up a meeting if you throw a little cash on No. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, you you had a uh, you had something for the hold up section today. Absolutely, uh, man. So today we decided uh, to turn the hold up section. 
to shine some light on some pretty dope people I consider superheroes uh, for Black History Month. Yes. Um, today, um, we're going to talk today. Uh, our Black History person, our superhero for today is going to be Paul Lawrence Dunbar, mm-hmm. um, a guy from my hometown, Dayton, Ohio, was born and raised, and he died in Dayton, Ohio. And um, what was interesting about Paul Lawrence Dunbar is he was one of the first, not one of the first, one of the premier artists of the first generation of uh, black Americans uh, away from slavery. So that first generation after they were freed, uh, it was during right before that Harlem Renaissance and some into the Harlem Renaissance, um, he played a big part as a poet and a writer. And I thought it was incredible when he was, I call him a superhero, man, is anybody who's ever had to uh, deal with any kind of racial injustice in this country um, on a consistent basis kind of understands uh, one of his most important poems um, that he wrote, which is a poem called Mask. <clears throat> and I have a little quote from that poem, if you don't mind me sharing that. Um, but the quote goes, we wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile. With torn and bleeding hearts, we smile. And the, the poem is a lot longer than that, but that's a really big, important quote from that from that poem. And to me, um, what I thought was interesting and why I selected that for Paul Lawrence Dunbar was because uh, one of his greatest contributions to Black American art was he started to write, he was one of the first artists from slavery to um, write in the African American dialect and vernacular to his poems, yes. <clears throat> which um, I put as my notes for a story time. That means Paul Lawrence Dunbar had bars, one of the original <laughs> original OG bars. Because he also spoke a lot in verse. He did a lot of rhyming in verse in his poem. Um, so uh, shout out to Paul Lawrence Dunbar um, for that. But um, also, he was an extremely intelligent guy. Like he graduated high school. Uh, I believe he was like the only black kid in his school. Um, the legend says he was uh, really close friends with Orville Wright, who was one of the founders of aviation. If you ever go to Dayton, Ohio, the Air Force Base has a big thing, a museum around the Wright brothers. Um, <clears throat> and he, he, I guess, left such a big impression on him that um, they, post his death, um, created, uh, uh, established his home as one of the historic landmarks in Ohio. Wow. And it's not too far. Like, actually, you can go to the um, courses in the hood, but I don't call it the hood. I just call it the West Side. Um, it's still a beautiful home. I actually have a picture of it. I'm going to pull up for you guys if you guys nice. ever want to see <clears throat> um, what I consider to be, you know, legendary status. Uh, Sky's parents were slaves who uh, I think his father, like, freed himself from the underground oh, railroad man. all the way to uh, Canada. Uh, this house was remodeled, looks just like that, man. And when you walk through it, you know, you get chills um, because of how, just how dope he was as a black American. And final piece of information I forgot, he had one of the biggest ups that an artist can get. So one of his heroes goes by the name of Frederick Douglass, who was mm. like the major artist that was born a slave, probably the first major artist out of the slavery period. Um, and Frederick Douglass, go look him up, Google him. He's Dave Chappelle quotes him a lot. He's um, he's a legend in the game, man. Superhero to me. 
But um, legend has it, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, who learned, taught it, you know, was really good at reading and writing in school, went to a speech competition. I forgot the city. Paul Lawrence, um, Frederick Douglass was there. And in that exchange, Frederick Douglass was so um, astounded by his talent that he heavily encouraged him to continue. And what we know today to be those wonderful poems and short stories he wrote, many of them were re refashioned and recited by Maya Angelou, you know, another great legend. So this guy is a heavy hitter. A lot of people don't probably know about him. Um, my city reps him a lot. We have a high school named Dunbar. Shout out to all the Dunbar high school graduates. My mom graduated from Dunbar. <clears throat> it's a predominantly black high school, but um, it still carries his name. And uh, I wanted to shout him out because he was from my hometown, you know. Yeah. I used to, um, that was one of my poems that I recited when I was younger. The uh, the In the Morning by Paul Lawrence Dunbar in the vernacular. Lies, lies, bless the Lord. Don't you know the days are broad? That's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's necessary, bars. That's it, bars. bars. Bless the Lord. Matter of fact, say it again. Do it one more time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a hold. Let me look at it. Yeah, lies, lies, bless the Lord. Don't you know the days abroad? What's his name? If you, if you don't get up, you scamp, it's gonna be trouble in this camp. Daylight all shining in. Why you sleep? Why is it sin? Candle light enough. It's the fun without the bitter snuff. But you go the morning through, burning up the daylight too. And that's that's where I stopped. Boom. Boy, yeah. somebody else's. Yeah. Ooh, maybe that's what Paul Lawrence done. Bars. Bars. <laughs> Paul Lawrence done, done bars. <laughs> but um, but no, that was dope, Tandy. And and for those who don't understand the importance of why him writing that in vernacular was important for culturally black uh, for black culture, uh, this was a time when he was heavily criticized for writing in that tongue because of the connotations it had towards the mass population and what he was trying to get. So it's, you know, a person like me who's, who was told, um, who was told in one point, at some point, I'm not going to go into it. You know, you can't use this word. You can't speak like that. Um, I remember it, even in, it was basketball, freshman year basketball. We kept saying, uh, what were we saying? We were saying, I think we were saying, bro, we kept saying bro to each other. And I remember our coach, you didn't understand it being just something that we ironically say with endearment as a, you know, fun thing that, you you know, say to each other uh, for whatever reason, he took offense to it. And I think because he didn't understand it. And um, in, a, in a kind of way, the, what Paul Lawrence Dunbar wrote, he was taking that risk of people are going to think this is ignorant. People are not going to see the value and the irony and how I'm using this. Um, and, and to this day, you know, it's, it's been a, able to keep alive the irony of some of the stuff and language that people have used on us and for, you know, the culture to be able to use it ironically in a, in a form of love and entertainment is to me like an amazing thing, right? Um, so shout out to Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Um, shout out to the city of Dayton who raised me. It's always about Dayton. Not always, but I'm just saying, I mean... You know, I mean that's cool though. I mean I'm all right with that because every every town needs a, their representation. 
Yeah, but, I mean, I got others. I mean, there's others from there. I got, I got a Houston on there. I mess with you. I mess with you. No, no, but, no. But, but I like the duality. It's the duality, man. The fact that he could write in both, right? And the write fact that writing it preserves it because if it's spoken, it exists. But when you have it on paper, especially during his time, I mean, that was probably the closest to what it really sounded like if you wrote it out than maybe what we have today. So, yeah, shout out to him for that. Yeah. And Connor wrote, Connor Woods um, said the first quote you shared and then the writing in the vernacular really reminds me about code switching, feeling like you have to change your behavior based on the company you're around. Absolutely, man. That's a big, um, big point. Um, I know one of my other favorite artists is um, uh, Ralph Ellison and, and of course, W.E.B. Du Bois uh, referenced and used a lot of Paul Leonard Dunbar's writings to explore, explore the concept of like double consciousness, you know, like being, you know, not just a black American in my day. I don't think it's just for black Americans, but any American here who feels the consciousness of how being an American and also simultaneously being not an American or feeling like you're not an American because of how people are treating you, right? Having those two concepts in your head going on, like you said, Connor, depending on the company you keep, the business you work in, um, even the industry you're in, you know? Um, so yeah, again, shout out to Carlos Dunbar. We cut to uh, <laughs> we cut to uh, that with the Southside Colts on the on the media. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Um, you may not know me. My name is Jeff Bezos, and uh, I see your kids here on the uh, Jeff Bezos. I uh, I founded Amazon. Um, you see, I like, I like Harry Shearer. You know the guy that does some. I've seen you kids here on the median mm-hmm. um, playing, ask for money, laughing, and I don't, I don't really get it, and I, I find it kind of offensive. So I was thinking of giving money, but I only do it if they will stop being so happy because I don't understand it. Stop being happy. How much money are we talking about? Um, as much money as you can imagine. I, I'm one of the richest men on the planet. Carlton. Carlton, come here. Come here, Carlton. Hey, what's up, coach? Hey, this man wants y'all to stop being happy. And he said he's going to give us all the money we need. And it probably even more than that. If I said give it to you. I said I have it. Oh, but. I'm sorry. So what we talking who, who is this guy, coach? I don't know. He sound like, yeah. uh, what's, I'm sorry. Tell him your name there. So My name is Jeff Bezos. I'm sure you've used Amazon. Everybody's oh. used Amazon. You know, you sound oh. a lot like Harry Shear. Second time I've heard that. I've never, I love them Amazon packages it. when you just open them up and it just go, ah, oh, it's just something about it. When I just cut through that tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, company. Oh, you that yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just passing by here and I just, I heard the laughter of children and it bothered me. So I decided to come over here and I decided to use money to solve my problem. Oh. Yeah, so... We can get some of the money then if the children stop expressing happiness. Is I will give you five hundred dollars right now if they stop. No, make that five thousand. No, make that fifty thousand dollars right now. As long as they do not laugh in my earshot ever again, that'll put me over the top over them. Uh, the uh, Missouri City, the Missouri City side. You know they they came yeah. to a lot of money last time. 
Isn't there a Amazon Fulfillment Center out in Missouri City, Mr. Bezos? Uh, yes. Yes, there is. I don't know, Coach. I don't, I don't trust this guy. You don't trust him? I don't trust him. He could be one of those spies from Missouri City group, you know. Throwing us off our game. Throwing us off. You're right. How do we know you are Jeff Bezos to Amazon? You know, we don't oh. see you. Why are you over here, Jeff? Look at my signature Patagonia jacket. That's that's what Jeff Bezos always wears. Patagonia? Is that? Did you buy those from those three guys down the street? <laughs> you know, the the uh, the ones that take out the dents, push you where you want to go. And uh, uh, they're always walking around with Patagonia. They say they get it from the people they help. Going on. Maybe. Maybe I did invest in three gentlemen down the street who are enterprising. Well, I think what we should do is if 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 Mr. Bezos here is really about it, why don't he sponsor the South Side Coats himself? Be the South Side Amazon Coats, I guess. Amazon South Side Coats. Amazon South Side Amazons. South Side Amazons. Southside Amazon, it just doesn't rhyme. I don't. I mean, it doesn't work. For, I, I like the coats in there. The coats, yeah, is, you need to have coats. Can't have a football team mascot be a river, you know? Yeah, they're a football team. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, the kid was wearing a face mask as a helmet. I was confused. <laughs> He's that's that's part of the that's part of the the donation cycle. You know, he wears each piece. And somebody say, oh, you don't have the helmet part? And they give it to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't have the mouth guard? And they give it to him. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. You know, it's confusing to you, though. But, okay. you know, I'll I tell, I tell you what, miss. I'll tell you what. We can stop being happy. Let's, I know he might be a spy, but $50,000 is a lot of money. Y'all can go straight to school. Wouldn't even have to beg out here before school time. Mm. Uh, but you are still going to beg on the weekends, though. Those are our biggest times. Uh, <sighs> But I mean, fifty thousand is a lot. We can, uh, all right. Look, I, I'll, I'll keep the kids from being happy. Uh, I don't know. How are you going to do that? Oh, I, that's what I'm thinking about. I'd right like now. to. I like to be sure my money is being used wisely. <laughs> I, I want a guarantee that these kids will not be experiencing happiness here. How are you going to guarantee me that? Well, uh, I got my my Rolls Royce over here parked on the back street. <laughs> Uh, I'm almost out of gas. I could probably just get them to push me all the way back home. That's really going to mess with them. They used to running <laughs> 400s in two seconds, but they're not, they're not used to pushing a car from, you know, Scott Street all the way to... Uh, all of a sudden, when the three when the three guys pop up, somebody needs a car push? No, man. <laughs> we, can, no. we can handle that for sure. Throw a little uh, money our way. I got some, uh, I got some kids. Uh, it's, part of, it's part of this plan that we're working on. I'm trying to break them down not let them be happy. And uh, hey, I'm looking at your Rolls Royce. It's tilted a little bit to the side. You notice that you kind of slapped <laughs> and it. And that is the can't tell us nothing show, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, all the people who left comments. Thank you, Nick, thank you. Steve, Ken, Joshua, Brian. Yeah, awesome. Contessa, Connor. Yeah. Always, always great to see you guys. Uh, <laughs> John, Amici, Tandy, any any outgoing words for people? Yeah. Lessons learned. Uh, um, quotes from favorite poems. So I was uh, 
the quote that comes to mind, as I was looking up a lot of Paul uh, Lawrence Dunbar stuff, there was a quote uh, that I saw called, um, I don't want to mess it up, but the quote was, <clears throat> it was, I am human, therefore nothing that is human is alien to me. And what that means um, for what I got, that means is it's a, it's a really big quote on empathy, right? Um, Black History Month, you know, is it's, it's something that is a part of American history. Uh, but just because it's a month doesn't mean that you can't, there's, we're separated from any other American, you know. Uh, we deserve empathy. We're human. And the things that you've seen happen to anyone is as human as you can possibly imagine. It means it's in all of us. And all of us has the capabilities of doing that. So let's all treat each other like we're a part of the same race. Man. You know, we can be racist towards aliens from, <laughs> from outer space. <laughs> Wise words from John. <laughs> what about you, Michi? Um... I don't have anything. All right, what about you, Tandy? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's probably a good idea to think about the amount of uh, money you spend trying to save money or trying mm. to, to um, uh, I don't know, I guess do what you think makes sense with money. If it costs more to go to the ATM uh, than to pay by Venmo or Cash App, then get Venmo and Cash App. Get Venmo and Cash App. We'll be all right. Give it the times. <laughs> and for me, I don't know, invest in some stocks, people. Get in there. Mix mm. it up. Uh, but yeah, for John, for me, T, for uh, DJ Comfy, get that, get them jams queued up. Yeah. For John, for me, T, for Tandy, for myself, Antoine, that's the Ken Tells Nothing show. Thank you again for tuning in. DJ Comfy will play us out when he unmutes himself. <laughs> I was playing it. I was just getting it ready. Later, Later Brian. Brian. Peace.